How are you? I'm okay. I'm awake. Gosh, what happened? Was it a drama? Um, it was actually it was a actually it's a funny story. So I actually just came home from a work picnic, and I basically opened my door. But the thing is, my key broke, and I was just like, "Fuck's sake!" Like, really? You know, you know. Picnic. Wow, that sounds great. It's a rare, it's a rare occasion when was it when a key just breaks all of a sudden, you know? <laughs> oh, oh dear. But yeah, oh. the picnic was absolutely lovely. Um, I work for. Have you heard of a restaurant company called Dishin? No, it must be a London thing. Yeah, where are you? No, actually, don't say that because that's part of the question. <laughs> um, how are you, by the way? I'm not too bad, thank you. I'm very tired. The fatigue is really still hitting me bad. This bloody virus thingy. Um, so I go through phases. It's it's strange. You get through like a few days of feeling great, and then a week of feeling. It's just all over the place. So. I'm okay. I'm much better today than I was yesterday. So happy to be interviewed by the finest Paolo. Yes. Well, you seem very you seem very cheery today. So I'm very glad that you you've accepted this tea time invitation. So I'm happy and honoured to have you tonight. By the way. Oh, lovely. You haven't had me yet, yeah. though, darling, sweetie. <laughs> 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 I wanted to ask you. So usually, uh, with um, tea time, um, uh, a question amongst like uh, all my guests, I usually ask is, um, "Have you um, heard of my tea time podcast? Uh, are you aware of what you're going to get into tonight?" Yeah, I've heard one that you've done before. You keep cutting out there, darling. It keeps getting really swirly, and you keep disappearing and coming back. It's a bit like being on a moon base. Can you hear me now? I can, but uh, it sort of yeah. it goes up and down. It's like a wave. Well, my was uh, my connection is very strong right now. Um, just double check if there's uh, if your volume is up. Um, yeah, that was it the same okay. It's a bit better now. Yeah. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. Yeah. And yeah, so guys, welcome to Tea Time. Uh, this is my regular podcast from stereo to all streaming sites such as uh, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, and all of that. And basically, um, this is shining a light to my special guests each episode. So tonight, I have none other than the absolutely fabulous, the money making her money making lady herself. It's the absolutely fabulous money penny. Give it up, for everyone! <laughs> Sorry, I'm a one person soundboard, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that saved me a lot of apps. Having all those noises, <laughs> your own throat <laughs> makes it a lot easier. <laughs> well, I have a, I have a throat of steel, so basically I can handle anything, darling. If you know what I mean. Perhaps not over tea. It might be something stronger we need. I want to ask you. So basically, the most important question of them all during tea time, with amongst my guests, I ask 
is what tea or beverage of choice have you chosen for this discussion tonight? Ah, well, actually, I've gone for a cheeky Philip Schofield. Mm-hmm. Oh, what is a cheeky Philip Schofield? Yeah, well, he has his own brand of red wine. I bet you didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did it was it? When did he release it? What is the uh, what is the taste like? Um, like, is there a variety of it? Well, since he came out of the closet and the wine came with him, um, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's very cheeky and mischievous, but it's so smooth. It's one of those things that's quite addictive. It's just very smooth and. Just makes you sort of feel very relaxed and chilled, but occasionally it has that little mist that bounces back at you, just like mm-hmm, Philip mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there was it? Is there is there um is there a brand name or is it just called Philip Schofields? Yeah, it's actually called Philip Schofield, but I think he does a range. So I I buy it as a box, which I do you know I hardly ever drink box wines. I don't like box wines. I just think they're a bit naff. Mm-hmm. The box looks really cool. It's quite vintage looking. So it is a Nero di Soia Puglia. So the wine itself, the grape, is a Puglia grape. Ooh, very nice. I love, I love that. I'm here. I've come out gay, and I've released wine. <laughs> yes, exactly. And obviously, it's organic. Only the best. Mm. Mm. Oh. Absolutely fabulous. Sounds very bougie, darling. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very nice. Uh, Puglia. Yeah. Before we start. Oh, so go on, go on. What were you going to say? It's Puglia, spelled P U G, as in a pug dog. P U G L I A. Puglia. Puglia. Oh, Puglia. I think I went to school with that, actually. <laughs> That is not me urinating. That is my Puglia being refreshed. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I think I went to school with that. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's got little ears and it poops on the carpet. The little. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, before we get into the messages and we get into the subjects of tea time, uh, I just want to remind guys, uh, welcome to tea time. This is my regular podcast, like I said. And basically what it is, if this is your first time listening, welcome to Tea Time. I'm happy to have you guys. And Money Penny is also to ha- uh, ha- happy to have you also. And um, just to put it out there, guys, um, during this podcast, I am accepting donations um, whilst we do this live. And all proceedings will go to an absolutely fabulous charity, which is Stonewall Charity, which is a uh, gorgeous charity, which um, basically helps with the LGBT plus community. And as well, they're working with the Black Trans Lives Matter. So any donations whatsoever, 99p in the UK or, not, or 99 cents in America, wherever you are, anything really would be absolutely fabulous and if you don't have anything just please share um this live um give it up um reactions any love given will be happy nonetheless okay and before we before we get into it is there um anything you want to say um money penny do you do donations to charity or anything like that 
Um, I well, I, d- I don't run, but I help to do uh, a lot of work for Long COVID, which is the website longcovid.org. Um, and we all work completely free of charge. Um, so if there were any uh, tips, I think you can send me tips now or you can become a super fan, which would be wonderful. Um, if you follow me, you can also connect with my Instagram. Um, any tips, anything that I receive at all, which is only tiny amounts, I just put towards the long COVID um, trust that I work with um, to help people suffering with uh, long-term effects having had COVID. Yes. Okay. Before we get into the messages and uh, the uh, first subject of the night, um, another question amongst guests that come on Tea Time is, would you like to explain to the live listeners, as well as those uh, that will be listening on streaming sites, where you are in the world right now and how is your lockdown situation, if any? Okay, so um, I'm currently in the Cotswolds, which is a beautiful, quite... um, Oh, quite well-known touristy place um, in the centre part of England. Um, it's only two hours or so from London, but it's entirely different. Um, it's very beautiful. Um, it has lots of um, charm in terms of lots of architectural um, buildings from history and lots of beautiful places to drive, lots of lovely country pubs, lots of boutique hotels. Um, but obviously it also has a number of cities. Um, the closest town to me is Cheltenham, which is very famous, Cheltenham for horse racing. And also for having the Cheltenham Ladies College and the Cheltenham Boys College, which are two very, very expensive, posh, posh, posh public schools. Um, so I'm in England, in England, and uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, but we are luckily coming out of lockdown. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so for two weeks now, we've been able to go and have our hair cut. Mine is being done on Thursday. I can't wait. Um, yeah. But we are still subject to a lot of lockdown rules. We're still wearing masks in shops. Um, we can sit in a pub garden, but not go inside. Um, you can now have a tattoo done, have a, a beauty um, treatment done. Um, but there are lots of things that you can't do, mainly being close to other people that are not within your family unit. Yeah. Okay. Um, how was your how was your lockdown experience third time round compared to the first time? If you don't mind me asking, um, it's very different for me because first time round, this time last year, I was very very ill, very unwell. Um, so I was m- much more limited um, and much more. Uh, I don't know, much more un- unhappy and unsure. I was literally living day by day, day for day with an illness that was rapidly becoming more dangerous um, to my organs particularly. Um, And I was in a stage with many others like myself where nobody knew what was wrong with us really. Nobody knew how to cure us and literally life was on the line. Um, we'll get into the serious side of that, but I was very scared. I was very afraid. I was completely on my own other than my two little dogs that I adore. Um, and I had basically been cast aside by friends who had been infected by me during January and February. Um, obviously mm-hmm. at the time, not knowing what with. 
my father had refused to have a blood test which could have saved my life at one point and my brother uh, thought I was making it all up so I was in a very very dark place this time last year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and would you I know they were gonna get into it and I know it's what part of one of the subjects you're gonna be talking about but like I I actually was it I actually am really stunned when I met you of the all the articles that you sent to me and everything the videos and everything I was actually astonished and this is the thing when I when I was in lockdown I I have to put my hands up I have to admit I've never heard of long covid until uh, one of the girls that I interviewed had it and I was just like thinking can you explain what it is and she explained it to me just briefly but not specifically and I was like thinking I didn't realize this was um this was um a thing because it's like like I okay in the beginning everyone assumed okay it's gonna be just like a flu it's gonna be something like that but like when she explained it I was just like I felt very sympathetic like I didn't really was it I didn't want to like just be like oh I really feel sorry for you is there anything you want to do I didn't want to be like that but I was like really yeah. sympathetic knowing that that there was much more to this like um illness shall we say illness that yes, was like yeah, um th- yeah there was more into it that I didn't really realize to be honest yes um the closest analogy I can give you that makes sense is HIV and AIDS. Now you'll remember probably a long 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 time ago in the 1980s um yeah. it the was crisis. a hugely explosive time for many people in the LGBTQ community and a lot of people that were not aware of this thing called HIV and not aware of AIDS and effectively the similarity is that long covid comes from a virus and obviously it's the novel covid virus we're talking about um and as a result of this virus in the same way that hiv is a virus initially the long term damage that this does to 1 in 10 people now in the population some more severely than others is a lifetime or a lifetime of weeks and months because some people like myself are still suffering there's no end date on it it's a lifetime of your body being attacked without immunity or without much immunity people oh. don't die of long covid as such they will die from heart damage their liver oh. giving up their lungs giving up their kidneys giving up or all of the above they um like hiv sufferers have very very little fight left in their body against anything and mm-hmm. some days are better than others some weeks are better than others but as well as attacking the body the most significant thing about long covid is that this virus has attacked every single part of you including your brain so it mm-hmm. actually stops neurological things so that's obviously we know about lack of taste and smell but it takes away your eyesight your hearing your ability to walk and this is just some people so some people are in wheelchairs some people are blind some people 
can't feel the whole of the right hand side of the body. Some people can't hold their urine. Some people can't control their speech. Depending on where this impact is from this horrible virus in your long-term body and how it's manifesting and fighting your body, your symptoms be one or two or 10 or 20 of 174 symptoms now known and confirmed to be a result of this horrible condition. We're going to touch um, more on this later, but in the meantime, before we get into the first subject, let's quickly play some ditties. So the first one is from KP. Good evening to the both of you. How are you doing? Greetings Hello. from Chicago. Go Cubbies. Ah, well, welcome, Chicago. We are from the UK. Chicago from the UK. Welcome. You both sound fine uh, on my end. I don't hear any problems at all. No. Air horn, air horn, air horn. I'm sorry, I can't do any soundboard kind of sounds or anything. <laughs> air horn. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Thank you. Hola, it's me, Holly Dolly. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Money Penny. What is your name? It surely can be Money Penny. Um, I'm gonna be here till ten, so I'll catch up with your second half um tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I wish you all the best. You're in good hands with Paolo. And uh, yeah, I know that you're going to be interesting already. <laughs> Thanks, Holly. My name's Nick, N-I-C. Yes. And also, I will um, be taking good care of you, my love. That's for sure. I know, I know. Yes. Okay, one more. Money, Penny. I'm very sad to hear about your illness. I hope it got better, and I hope it's getting better. And not coming back uh, I'll wait for you to elaborate on it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay just one more and it's from my gal April tea time featuring money penny hello to you both I hope you're having a fantastic stunning day yes welcome April oh, all the way from Canada darling. Lovely voice. beautiful yeah. voice I love that voice Oh, honey, you should um, check out April's Instagram. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's a fabulous, queer, um, Canadian, Filipino um, lady. She's amazing. Wow. Well, I'm going to follow, and I hope you will all follow me back. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, whilst you're you're listening to this, don't be afraid to follow both myself and Moneypenny. It's a little bit. It's a a little yellow button in our um, our profiles. Give it a little dab, a little click. And also, don't be afraid to follow us both on social media. We have both of our um, social medias activated on our stereo accounts. Um, If you're a foodie like me, if you're, what's it? If you like uh, looking at naked asses, I do post it on my Instagram time after time on my stories. So if you like a bit of cheeky bum action, then you can come to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not well okay. eating tea. Like tea cakes and buns. Mm, yes, tea cakes, brownies, cookies, and my bloody bum. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, okay. So uh, again, for those who are coming late, welcome to Tea Time. Again, I'll explain it. This is a podcast, a regular podcast of mine, which um, shines a light on my special guest, which is none other than my fabulous guest tonight, Money Penny. And this is basically getting to know who they are, how they are today, um, within their lives. And we are going to go depth with each subject all my guests each episode gets five subjects all the same and i basically go um, deep and just to give you guys a warning this is a triggering podcast it can get emotional um with the stories that um my guests basically reveal so please do have a tissue on hand have a cup of tea sit down relax and enjoy the show and we'll get into it money penny are you ready for your tea time experience i'm ready I'm ready, ready. Okay, lovely. So, uh, based on who you are, as you are, Money Penny, your first subject is a person of influence and admiration, and your chosen t- um, choice tonight is the super vet. Okay, so why the super vet? Um. I don't know if you get the program uh, where you are, if you're listening outside of the UK, but if you're in the UK, I'm sure you can't fail to have seen um, the SuperVet as a television program that focuses on an Irish vet who is just spectacularly clever in using almost the most bizarre, strange technology and innovation to do things that you would not believe were possible with animals to heal and help animals. But even more inspiring, from what he has done through helping animals, through developing um, uh, false limbs or false joints or different Mm -hmm. ways of putting stents in hearts or things, from his technology he's used with animals, the medical sector has taken some of his innovation and started to build it and use it for people because he's so clever in what he's done in saving lives and making lives so much happier for animals and now also for people. Yes. So um, his name is Noel Fitzpatrick and have you have you been watching his work um, since uh, it all started in 2014? Well, the truth is, I can only watch it when my two doggies are not around. <laughs> because when, whenever my dogs see, well, one of them particularly, when one of them, Senna, my eldest uh, doggie, whenever he sees a dog or even a cat or even a meerkat or even an animated animal of any type, um, on the television, he goes absolutely bonkers uh, as though it's actually in the room and goes charging up to the television, making lots and lots of noise and looking around the back of the television and basically causing a complete row. So I can't watch the Supervet when my dogs are around. I have to wait until um, the girl that's walking my dogs for me at the moment takes them out and then I have to mm-hmm. quickly and sneakily watch Supervet. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I will say, usually when people come on tea time, the the obvious choices is either um, a family member or a dear friend um, that could have like passed away some time ago, or um, some sort of connection with another person 
that they met years ago. Why specifically did you choose someone um, that's from a television show? Um, mainly because dogs have become my life and have completely saved my life, literally saved my life in the last 15 or 16 months going through this horrible time where everybody has had a horrible time. But unfortunately, I haven't had people around me to help me through the horrible time. All I've had are my dogs and they mm -hmm. have become such an important part of my life um, that I have become uh, really, really aware of how important animals generally can be in people's lives and how little we really appreciate what they can do for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I wanna ask, have you, have you met uh, Noel Fitzpatrick at any point? No, I would love to, absolutely. But um, my dogs have had some very unusual and expensive uh, problems over the years. And I have, mm -hmm. I've done so much reading up on veterinary stuff that when I turned up at the last serious appointment, um, the vet that was at the specialist practice thought I was another vet, <laughs> which was quite amusing because I'd done so much homework on medical stuff that I started to ask some very technical questions. Um, but that's in preference because if I ever bump into Noel, I'd like to be able to not seem too thick. I'd like to be up to speed with what he does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And was it, is it, okay, so you say, you say dogs um, saved your life and everything. And I, I kind of get why you chose this now, but, um, with his work and everything, do, like when you watched, uh, his show, the super vet do you was it do you uh, are you in awe of his work and his dedication by um helping out these um animals yeah it's kind of um when you watch i go through a mixture of using my logic head and being fascinated by this really clever technology and wanting to know how it works almost from a nerdy engineering logic perspective but also emotionally I, I mean, I used to cry my eyes out when I watched Lassie when I was a kid, when I was like five, six years old. So, I remember um, it's Lassie. Very emotional. I know, mm -hmm. Lassie. But it's very emotional. And we so when I'm watching we're not going to see the Lassie from the reboot. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about Lassie from the, the original 50s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that Lassie, yeah. Um, so yeah, I find it incredibly emotional watching the super vets. I'm half nerdy, half emotional, and normally I cannot get through one program without being in tears at some point. And are you? Was it? Are you? Do you watch this every day? Do you watch this like once a week? How, how is it? How is your like scheduling when you when it comes to this kind of show? Yeah, as I say, it depends when I, when my dogs are not with me. Um, so quite often it'll be very late at night if they're fast asleep or if they're being taken out on a walk. Um, but I'd say probably every two or three weeks now, because um, I've gone through series and, and rewatched them. There's you know some of the early series I've watched twice, and I like to get to a stage mm -hmm. where I've forgotten what the outcome is and then watch a new one if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I'm reading up a bit of his work, and uh, let me just say something that um, I just am um, reading right now. So it says here, in 2009, he became the first veterinarian surgeon in the world to successfully apply an application prosthetic, um, prosthetic, sorry, I can't pronounce it, prosthetics. prosthetics. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, my love. To a cat named Oscar, who had lost both hind feet in an accident. I like, just seems like I'm... This is just seems like very like mind blowing work, really. I think that's part of <clears throat> my attraction to it. It is so mind blowing. It's mind blowing in a in a medical way. It's mind blowing in a life changing way, and it's mind blowing because some people, um, like my father, who just you know does not really have an affection for animals, will say, "Well, why would somebody want to spend ten thousand pound on putting artificial legs on a cat?" You know, some people just won't get it unless they understand the bond between the animal and the owner. I mean, it's a, it's a fact that in the UK we love our pets more than any other part of the world, per head or per animal head we spend more on our pets than any other country in the world we love our pets british people are famous mm -hmm. for it mm -hmm. i'm also looking at a picture of oscar the bionicle cat and i'm just like i'm i'm actually quite stunned because i've never seen like i've never seen such uh work on a uh, pet because let's just admit it like the world is very cruel and usually some people are that kind of uh, have those mindsets where they're just like, you know what, if it's a cat, it can just die because I didn't there, I can just get another cat. But however, with this, um, with Noel Fitzpatrick, uh, with Noel, he's just like, it just seems like he actually cares about these animals, really. Would you, was it, would you say you have that mindset where even, even with your dogs, you're just like, I treat my dogs as human beings, such as myself. Yeah, um, you have got to be a bit wary. I'm not one of these people that goes to the extremes of having 101 fancy dress outfits and people visiting the home to give them manicures and, you know, grooming sessions. I mean, there are some people, mainly <coughs> American people, who spend an absolute fortune at a ridiculous amount to pamper their pets in a way that is beyond what you would even do for a small child. Um, I do not get that phobic. I do, I do not get that into it. And I will treat my... Um, my dogs as my children, but I will also be firm with them if they do something wrong and tell them off because they are, you know, they have got the intelligence to be able to know right from wrong, which is normally down to the tone of your voice or whatever it might be. Um, but I'm soppy as hell. I shouldn't give them treats. You know, their teeth are not great, but I still give them treats. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely spoil them, but I, I am terrified of something happening to them because there's been a huge increase in dog theft recently and a huge increase in the price of pedigree dogs. Uh, obviously, the two being connected, um, both have come as a result of the pandemic. So I, it's, I don't just worry about my dogs. I worry about other people and other people's dogs as well. So I've become mm -hmm. much more 
of an empathetic animal lover, you know, in a broader sense. Um, I was I was terrified of dogs until about 10 years ago. I wouldn't go near a dog. I couldn't go near a dog because as a child, um, a boxer dog, which was quite a large dog when you're only a six year old person, um, flattened me. When I went to ask my friend to play, the front door opened, the boxer dog, who was full of energy and enthusiasm, pretty much threw me to the floor as a six-year-old kid. And I ended up having stitches across my forehead, which um, you can still sort of mildly oh, wow. see just under my hairline. But that that event made me terrified of dogs, terrified until literally about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually had a similar experience, but for me, I'm not kind of person where I'm not really um, traumatized with past experiences. So I'll give you an example. So um, I went to a friend's house a barbecue and he had his uh, humongous, um, uh, I don't know what the breed is. I'm so sorry because like I'm terrible when it comes to um, breeds, but it's one of those dogs where it's all black and it looks like it could be um, a guard dog or something like that. And it has very small pointy ears. And usually was it, usually they have like really chunky noses. I don't know if you know what breed I'm talking about. It could about, be a really. wolfhound. I don't know. It could be a wolfhound. It yeah, could I be a giant it, I think it was that breed. Yeah, I think a it was that breed. Yeah. The first thing you mentioned, yeah. So I yeah. remember when I was like um, seven or eight years old, and I thought, uh, why is this dog not giving me attention? So it was eating his food, and stupidly uh, mistaken, I basically put my hand where the food is, and he basically bit through my wrist. And still to this day, I have this scar where I am looking at it right now. And I'm just like thinking, wow, like I still have it to this day and it has never has never like left me, basically. So for me, the moral of the story is like scars, like basically for my last um, last pr- the two previous episodes before, we actually spoken about scars and basically scars are like characters. Like you look at the scar and you're just like thinking, Okay, this is a mistake that I now have learned from, you know? <laughs> Most definitely. But that's very strange for a dog to do that because the dog's sense of smell is so strong that they would be able to smell that it was a human hand and not a piece of food way before his teeth got close to you. So that sounds very strange indeed. Yeah, I think was it I think he was I think he was just like, Don't touch my food, you know, and that's why he did it. <laughs> <laughs> Quite possibly, yeah, yeah. I mean, they use dogs now. They're trialing the use of dogs to sniff out COVID, which could be used at airports in the same way that you use dogs to sniff out for um, drugs or for bombs. Um, there are many trials that have gone very successfully where dogs are able to smell COVID as a virus on somebody. So rather than mm-hmm. taking the temperature of everybody at airports, they could actually use dogs and dogs would be more able to tell you whether that person has uh, been infected or is currently uh, having the virus within their system simply by the dog's sense of smell. And wouldn't that be amazing? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, is there anything else you want to talk further on, further on this um, topic before we move on? No, that's all good. Yes. Okay. So, are you ready for your next subject of tea time? Yes. 
Okay, so to remind anyone who's just joined us, welcome to Tea Time. This is a regular podcast that goes from Stereo to all streaming sites. If you've just missed it, don't worry, you can watch it on Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, whatever you use, guys. And just to put it out there, I'm accepting donations. If you guys want to be uh, much given, uh, all proceedings will be going to the Stonewall charity. It's an absolutely fabulous charity that is... Um, helping um, towards the LGBT plus community specifically as well with the Black Trans Lives Matter work and any donations given would be absolutely lovely if you can't donate that's absolutely fine um, just if you like to share the show clap it up um, bring those fire flames um, over to send love um, I will appreciate that nonetheless okay so moving on the next subject of tea time based on who you are as you are money penny your next subject is a location slash destination of fond memories and your chosen choice tonight is saint lucia oh saint lucia very tropical why saint lucia so many 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 years ago when i was working in the city and i was working ridiculously long hours um, and I was in a financial investment type sector where there were hardly any women. It was pretty much all men. And you didn't have time to socialize. Um, you would be on the trading floor, maybe 5, 5.30 in the morning. You wouldn't leave till gone nine, maybe later at night. Um, I didn't really have any friends. I had moved to London. I'd sort of started a whole new career. I wasn't able to have children. I really didn't have the time energy to socialize. I was just career focused, work, work, work. So when I wanted to take a holiday, it was really difficult because I thought, well, you can't go on holiday on your own. You'd look like a complete idiot going on a holiday on your own. But I really needed a break. Um, and one of my journalist colleagues suggested to me this amazing place in St. Lucia, which is pretty much like a very secret boutique hotel spa place which specially catered for single career people. Um, so that was fantastic. I'll go and try it. So I did that originally going back into the mid-1990s and discovered this oasis of an amazing place, quite hidden away. It was a bit expensive, but when I got there, I realized why. And it is just, um, or was just at that time, 50% people like myself, people that were not in relationships, they were um, generally professional single people or they were artists, they were actors, they were celebrities, a lot of creative people, a lot of weird and wacky, strange people. And they were just generally a group of people who were very much like me, didn't have a lot of uh, friends and family and all the rest of it around them, but just needed a break. And you turn up at this place, you get treated like a prince or a princess, um, amazing food, amazing services. You get massaged every day. You get beauty treatments, holistic health treatments. Um, you can sit in a jacuzzi with bottles of pink champagne until four or five and more. Um, it's hedonistic, pure hedonism. Um, loads and loads of things would go on there with celebrities that would never be allowed to be let out. Um, and it just became my safe place that I started going to two or three times a year. If I had even a week off, I would go there and it became my second home. I was going there so frequently. Um, in total now, I've been over 30 times. Um, oh, but wow. obviously over the last 
you know, more recent cases, I, I've been um, less often because um, I don't earn the money like I used to when I was in the city. But it's and it's evolved. It's changed quite a lot, but it is still this amazing sort of secret celebrity hideaway in St. Lucia. Yes, I'm looking at was it? I'm looking at the the pictures on Google Maps right now. And it's just absolutely stunning. Like it just looks like a hidden island in the middle of nowhere. These little tiny um, houses, just in the middle of the island. It just looks absolutely breathtaking, really. It is, and that you see, that's one of the things. I've been to other islands across the Caribbean, but if you go to something like Barbados or Jamaica or one of the better-known bigger islands. You know, a lot of it is just like going anywhere else in the world. You'll still get high-rise buildings. You'll still get massive, great, big American hotels. You know, you'd still get everything. You could be waking up in the morning and you might be anywhere in the world. Whereas in St. Lucia or St. Vincent or St. Kitts or the smaller Caribbean islands, you get much more exposure to the real island. And they're not allowed to have high-rises and they don't have great big modern entertainment centers and you're lucky if you find a proper you know telephone uh, there's only one casino on the island which looks as though it's built in the 1970s um, and it's very very rustic and a lot of the parts of the island that are not used for tourists are complete shanty towns you know there's a lot of poverty on the island as well but it's not poverty in a sense of being morbid poverty. It's poverty where you've got such an amazing feeling of um, community behind it. People are generally very, very happy and they love showing off the little things that they've got and the way they live their lives. And there's a really generous sort of calm about the St. Lucian people and the communities. Um, and I think it's one of those places that I didn't just fall in love with as a holiday destination where I could go to a lovely boutique and have amazing food. It's one where it's good to get out. And, and I mean, the whole island, north to south, you can you can drive it in three hours. It, it's, it is small. Um, and it does have its share of, of problems. But generally mm -hmm. speaking, it's a happy place. It's such a happy place. And it's uplifting. It's private. You feel like you're a celebrity no matter where you go or what you do. You just feel treated like a princess or a prince everywhere you go. And I just absolutely adore it. And I adore the people there. And so I've been there over 18, 20 years, you know, sometimes several times a year, sometimes once a year. But it has literally become, when I arrive, I say, I'm home when I get there. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yes. I want to ask you, because um, you say you've been there multiple times, for someone who is part of the LGBT plus community, and for those who are listening who are part of the community, there have been like um, stories and history of um, like these Caribbean islands such as St. Lucia having a bad reputation of homophobia and everything like that. Like, what do you, was it, do you believe it's as bad as people say? In your in your eyes when you're there sadly it certainly was now in the 1990s two of my best friends there were st lucian gay guys one was a beautiful model and the other one was a dancer and a performer and they had to be very very covert um about what they did and who they were until they were in a community within one of the um, 
the tourism areas or provinces, at which point they absolutely adored the fact that they could come out effectively in a flamboyant, brilliant dancer, brilliant, creative um, scenario. But sadly, both of them lost their lives in five years oh. of my getting to know them through what I consider to be unlikely or mysterious stories, which makes me so angry. But in the last 10 years, 12 years perhaps, I have been there many times with my gay friends. I've been with my gay guy friends. I've been with my gay girlfriends. And it is much, much more open. It is much more accessible. It is much easier. Um, certainly if you went there as a tourist, even if you were a black or a white or a pink or a grey or blue tourist and you were in the gay community or the LGBTQ community, you would be welcomed, absolutely welcomed. But if you were a resident and you lived there and you would like to live in that type of community, you still do have to be a bit guarded, but particularly so if you're male. Females, not so much. In fact, I spent an amazing Christmas day on a beach with this very stunning lesbian diving instructor. No jokes on the diving, please. Um, and that was my best <laughs> Christmas day there. There was just her and I on a beach to ourselves. We had the whole beach and unlimited supplies of champagne. And we just created havoc. <laughs> it was fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. you would say you would say um, if I was to go in future, I would I should be okay, basically. Oh gosh, you'd be absolutely fine. Yeah, now now it's absolutely fine, and particularly for you know tourists, it's absolutely fine, and you'd be absolutely loved and adored. Everybody would love and adore you, and I think there's that almost that feeling of they want to make up for maybe people that have gone before them and not done done it as welcoming as they should do if that makes sense yeah um no now now it's um yeah sorry to interrupt you now that you put it like that why why do you think or why do you think that change has happened um i think largely because the whole world has had to become a lot more aware of the freedom of choice that people have to stand up and be the person they want to be. Um, and also, if you think about it, the amount of people that have now become more confident and, and been more open and come out in, in terms of their own cultures where they live themselves at home, 90% um, of Caribbean uh, income is from tourism. Uh, they could hardly you know, start snubbing one in 10 or one in eight tourists coming across who have different ways of life, could they? Um, mm -hmm. But no, it just it just it seems a lot more natural. If you were living on the island and you were um, a St. Lucian by birth, I'd still find it a bit difficult, but certainly nothing like what it was 15 years ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, with St. Lucia, do you know um, your absolute favorite moment when you're there? Like, what is the ultimate moment that you can still think of today that just brings you pure joy? New Year's Eve, particularly the millennium. So you spend New Year's Eve, you can literally lie flat in your beautiful cocktail dress on the softest, mm -hmm. softest sand 
next to the most amazing cocktail beach bar with thousands of other, well not thousands, hundreds of other people who are all in their finest and all completely pissed like you are or high as a kite or whatever it is they want to do because this is hedonism and you lie on the beach and you look up into the sky and there's the most incredible firework display on a beach at sort of 80 degree heat with the waves literally two foot from your bare feet and you are in absolute, I don't know, euphoric, the world can't possibly get any better moment. It is just paradise, complete paradise. Lovely. And what was the last time you were there? Do you remember? Yeah, I know, because that was where I had COVID. That's where I got COVID. 23rd oh, you got it of in December 2019. Well, I actually caught it at Gatwick Airport the two days before St. Lucia because I stayed in a hotel at London Gatwick Airport with about 100 passengers that came direct from the Wuhan flight who'd come straight in from China, Wuhan that day. Oh, wow. I was there. Now that you tell me this, this is this is like this is this just surprises me, really. You know. Yeah, that's why it's so difficult, and that's why my memory of Saint Lucia has slightly been tarnished because it's always brought me happy memories. But it was actually Christmas Day, the twenty fifth of December, two thousand and nineteen, in Saint Lucia on the beach when this amazing Christmas buffet was um, made available and I couldn't taste anything. And this was just bizarre. This is way before anybody's even heard of COVID. So I'm Christmas day on a beach in St. Lucia. I don't feel ill. I just can't taste anything. And I think somebody's playing a joke on me and the girls and guys that are around me are laughing at me as I'm complaining about my food and they're fetching me ketchup and mayo and salt and pepper and all this stuff. And I cannot taste a thing. And I am being joked at and laughed at. And we're all giggling and going, oh my God, Nick, she's so stupid. What is she doing? She can't taste the food. It's amazing. And that was clue, clue number one. <laughs> and two days after that, excuse me, on the 27th, the afternoon of the 27th, I was sitting on the beach feeling exhausted. My skin looked very gray. My eyes looked very tired. And I suddenly was freezing to death, shivering in an 85, 90 degree heat on a beach. I started shivering and just feeling completely as though um, a fever and a cold wind from you know the ice mountains had suddenly arrived. And yet I was sweating with a temperature of 104 and I was mm -hmm. wrapping myself with help from others in blankets. And that was when COVID started for me. But obviously at the time, nobody knew it was mm -hmm. COVID. I was ill for most of the time I was in St. Lucia until I could get home. Um, I won't go into the whole story, but at the time, the, the natives, the locals, my friends on the island all told me I'd got swine flu. Um, that had been particularly bad that year, they said. Oh, lots of people have had it this year. Really bad, though. Some of them have been really ill. They can't even breathe. So looking back on it, you know, I was told I had swine flu. Now, you can hear it in my voice now. I, from that day, and we're going back to Christmas Day 2019, I haven't been able to speak properly. My voice has dropped so much that some people think I'm a man. 
and I've had laryngitis and swollen vocal cords now for 16 months. <laughs> so it's changed my life, yeah. St. Lucia started... Sartan, so you say um, your experience last time um, tarnished the whole um, going to St. Lucia. However, nonetheless, are you still open to going there in future when you when you get better? If I'm able to fly again, because obviously I can't fly at the moment because of the extent of my heart condition and my blood pressure mm -hmm. and for lots of other health reasons I'm not allowed to, um, I would love to go back, obviously. Yeah. Well, I've, I've already written my will and I'm being cremated and my ashes are being sprinkled on a beach in St. Lucia. So at some point I will be returning, dead or alive, <laughs> literally. That, I know, uh, now that you bring that up, it's quite... In my opinion, like, now that you just said that, it's actually quite difficult and hard to actually have you say that right now in front of, like, like talking to me. Because, like, I, I'm that kind of person where I still have, was it, I still have that confidence and that uh, belief that I know in my mind or in my head that an uh, individual such as yourself going through this experience like i feel like i'm confident knowing that you can get better but i don't know do you was it do you do you feel like this whole long covid um situation has like somewhat um destroyed your confidence yeah it's ripped me it's ripped my confidence um two months before i went to st lucia um i came out of a nine-year relationship um, as well um, and as I said I've lost my friends uh, my family uh, my job my career my house had to go up for sale because I didn't get any money I got no government benefits at all I didn't get health benefits I didn't get COVID benefits I sold my jewelry I sold everything that was sentimental to me just to get through last year I've lost everything except you know me the person I am and my dogs I am mm -hmm. a completely different person. And yes, I've lost my confidence, but that's on a long list of stuff I've lost. But at the same time, like, like I'm saying, um, do you not have that uh, mindset in the back of your mind, like telling yourself like you can still, you can still hold on, you can still get through this? To be very honest, maybe one day in five, I feel I can, get through it and two days in five I believe I could get better but not better to an extent where I'd be able to do anything like dance I want to be able to dance again I used to be a dancer I can't mm -hmm. even walk properly without a bit of pain and without discomfort and without getting out of breath two days out of five I think I will get better to the extent that I might be able to walk my own dogs but three mm -hmm. days out of five I'm just waiting for, well, just waiting. Mm -hmm. And you say, you say that the, you say, okay, I'm going back to, um, um, from the first topic, you say there's a woman who's helping uh, walk your dogs and everything like that. Like, how bad is the situation really? Like, is she not allowed to be in the same house as you? Like, how, how does that work really? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not any more contagious than anybody else. 
because mm-hmm. I have long COVID, it doesn't mean I'm necessarily contagious. I can be contagious. And many people with long COVID are contagious several times over. You can get the virus several times. Um, mm-hmm. The girl next door, who's a lovely teenage daughter of the parents next door, who's a veterinary student, um, she walks my dogs literally because I, I can't walk enough to walk my dogs. Um, and she has become the only person effectively who's been allowed in my house other than occasionally a plumber or somebody fixing a light or something um but it, you know people could come in my house now theoretically but i don't have anybody that would want to come in my house now whereas last year people didn't want to come in my house because they were afraid that i, I was contagious and to be honest we still don't know enough about the virus to know how much of the time I am contagious. If I could just explain that. If you think of the herpes virus that gives you a cold sore on your lip, yeah? Mm-hmm. And once you've had that, maybe in your childhood or when you're a teenager, it comes back throughout your life. Every time maybe you get stressed, you get run down, you get your herpes virus again. You get your little cold sore back on your lip, okay? Or you get... um Like glandular fever, you can get waves that come back and you feel worn out again. So what happens is the COVID virus that initially infected me now is able to trigger and uh, bring back to life other viruses that were already in my system. So I had glandular fever as a child. I have herpes that causes cold sores. I had chickenpox, I had measles, I had... So all these viruses that I've had over the course of my life are now being triggered and made reactive and coming alive. And therefore, at different times over the last 15 months or so, my body has bizarre symptoms because a lot of the time I've got three or four different viruses, illnesses, diseases or infections all being triggered and being alive in my body at certain times daily weekly nightly there are some weeks where i feel i'm getting better and i can stand up and i can walk around the house and not be in a lot of pain and then that will be followed by two days where my ankles won't take my own weight and i try to get out of bed and my legs collapse underneath me and my skin is crawling with a horrible uh, rash like a chicken pox and my face becomes so sore and I can't eat because I've got sores all the way through my throat and my ears start bleeding I lose a bit of my eyesight all these crazy things can happen at any point any day any time and they do and they terrify you and you can't control them and it is scary as hell for not just for me but for anybody that saw me or anybody that knows me there's another reason why you lose your friends and your family because they are also feeling desperate because they can't help you and they don't know what to do and you are changing as a person in front of their eyes daily weekly you are not the person they knew and it terrifies them as much as it's terrifying me while it's happening to me and even the doctors the specialists the people that i paid thousands of pounds to to look at me years ago have no fucking idea what to do and mm-hmm. that's why it's so scary like coming from a, a person such as myself that is compassionate about people's stories such as yours specifically as well like it honestly and truly breaks my heart that 
like there are people that that there's nothing really that much people can do to help you in this situation, and like if I if I had a chance to meet you, I I would absolutely take that chance to meet you because, like. I I don't I like I don't like to see people such as yourself suffering, and it really honestly breaks my heart. Really, yeah, you're very, you've got a very kind spirit that I can tell in you. Just even when I first spoke to you, but the thing is, even with kindness, there are some people that have shown me kindness. I I personally not only have organ damage, I you know I have brain and mental damage. Even even if I didn't physically have damage, which I do. I I could get so low that I you know one day I could be you know suicidal and just crying my eyes out, and the next day I will sound really positive. And having a relationship with somebody who is so volatile, who will slam the phone down on you one day and just get angry with you because some days I don't have the energy to talk. I don't want to talk. Having a conversation is too much like hard work. And if anybody else ever says to me, "Why don't you get some fresh air?" I will bloody well, you know, punch them in the eyes because I would love to get fresh air. I would love to go for a walk. And they say, well, "Why don't you eat properly, Nick?" I can't eat properly because I can't taste anything. I can't swallow anything. I get violent stomach upsets, diarrhea. If I eat something, I then swell up like a bloody mountain, and I'm in pain for ages. So all the normal things that you'd say to people like, "Oh." Chill down, have a little walk, get some fresh air, have something nice to eat, drink loads of fluids. All of those things would make me worse. And so much、mm-hmm. as people try to help with all these nice things that sound pretty normal and logical, all of them are not possible for many people with long COVID because you can't do it. I can't have a nice walk. I can't get some nice fresh air. I can't do all these things because they make my illness worse half the time. And so people、mm-hmm. get very upset because I get angry with them sometimes, and then other times I'm crying my eyes out and suicidal. So it's pretty difficult for everybody involved, not just for the sufferer.、Mm-hmm. Uh, another question I want to ask.、Um, usually, I've heard this time after time, where、uh, people who come on tea time sometimes they reveal that they have clinical depression, that they don't have the will to live, and everything like that. And it honestly, it does break my heart. But at the same time, they also have this was it this positivity, knowing that. Um, being on stereo, talking to、um, these type of people to listen to、um, stories such as yours、um, really does help and does make、um, their day feel a little more better. Would you say you're one of those people? Would you say、um, stereo not really is changing your life, but is giving you that little happiness, knowing that people are there to listen to you,、uh, listen to you and people are there to see if you're you are okay. Absolutely, definitely. I listened to a bit of the Unverified Awards the other day, and I'm really sorry I can't remember this lady's name. But one of the ladies that won a category, the first thing she said was it had really helped her mental health. Now, I really strongly identify with that because the loneliness, the crushing loneliness of not just being on your own, but also literally sitting here waiting to die half the bloody time when I've been seriously ill. Having stereo and having somebody, anybody there to talk to, is really, really beneficial. But unfortunately, it works the other way. 
I've I've wanted to reach out to people at a desperate time, maybe two or three o'clock in the morning, and I've gone into a group just because they're talking and they sound like they're you know having fun, and I say something and I mention long COVID and then I briefly explain it, and I have had the most threatening, abusive, horrific, horrible reactions where I've literally had well, I wish you were effing dead and you should be effing dead and you effing asshole, idiot, every name under the sun, you're an effing liar, you're making it all up, it's just not effing possible. Um, and I've had so much abuse from people who, they don't just not believe about COVID. And you know, I can say some people don't believe about COVID. Some people don't believe vaccines. Some people have never heard of long COVID. All of those are fine. Not believing mm-hmm. is fine. I can talk to you about it if you don't believe. But being violently aggressive and calling me a liar or calling me every name under the sun and shouting me and threatening me and writing Instagram messages to me, threatening to kill me. And I'm not joking here. I've had them. I've left mm-hmm. stereo twice because of them. So it goes mm-hmm. both ways. It really does. Yeah. I noticed that I'm. I know what I'm about to say is not exactly the same thing, but um, I do regular uh, review shows of RuPaul's Drag Race, and there's like there's this um, build-up of toxic um, fan base where the drag queens are basically getting sent death threats uh, because of um, the color of their skin, or uh, just even wearing a dress. Or even was it? Or even um, advocating for trans lives and shit like that. And it's just really just horrendous how cruel people are when, like, they don't even know the full story of an individual's life. You know, they don't know what people go through. They have never experienced or not even realized, like, the, like their history. You know, they don't even know people's yeah, lives. Absolutely. It's really cruel yeah. that you get this um, de- um, this such abuse on stereo, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, my philosophy now is I just, I don't come on quite as often, but when I do, I tend to look for people that I've had discussions with before that I feel safer around. And I do not go anywhere in it discussing stuff that is into the really contentious, anything that gets into, you know, uh, racial or religion or, you know, some of the American politics, all that stuff that is way too difficult and scary and potentially, you know, gets really nasty. I just stay away from it. I I can't. I used to be so strong, honestly. I've been a kick-ass entrepreneur. I've started my own businesses. I've been successful. But I'm weak now. I'm weak in body and mind. And stereo is brilliant for me when I just want to kick off and have a bit of fun, when I want to giggle, when I want a laugh, when I want just somebody to talk to. It's brilliant. But God forbid, it can destroy you if you get the wrong people at the wrong time. It can destroy and turn you into a suicidal, crumbling mess in in seconds, in seconds. Um, before we get into the next um, subject, is there anything further you want to talk about St. Lucia? Um, just to say, through stereo, I met somebody, well, I've met a few people who love St. Lucia, um, and I've met a couple of people who've been to St. Lucia, but I've met uh, verbally, obviously, um, you know, one guy that I've just started talking to, 
who pretty much, you know, lived in St. Lucia all his life. So that is fantastic, isn't it? How stereo can cross mm-hmm. those boundaries and put you in touch with people who you have uncanny, you know, similarities or memories or just things in common with, really. I think that's great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lovely. Okay, before we get into the next subject, we do have a question. And it's for my absolutely fabulous girl, Charlene. Professor Moneypenny, I do have a question for you. Um, I hope you're both well. I'm listening in while I'm making a laxa. Um, has there been anything that's given you any kind of respite from uh, long COVID? Um, I've, I'm sure lots of people have recommended lots of different things, but what has been personally um, effective for yourself? That is a very good question, but I'm not sure whether we're talking about mental respite, as in almost forgetting I'm ill and just having fun, which is one thing I can comment on, or respite as in getting away from the physical side of it, as in coming out of pain. Um, so the first one is is laughter, and I have to say it, being silly and being stupid and making people laugh. I have loved, and I know it is wholly inappropriate. My brother has been really upset and angry with me for doing it, but 12 months ago, I started looking at TikTok and I started looking at Snapchat and I started looking at some YouTube uh, stuff and I didn't know all these cool down to earth things that you could do. And I didn't know what disrap was. And so I wrote myself a bucket list because when you are pretty sure you are going to die, you write a bucket list. And I wrote a bucket list going back to March last year. And on my bucket list, I put loads of things that I didn't understand at the time. Um, I didn't really understand rap. I didn't know all the different genres of it. I didn't know half the words. I didn't know half, well, I didn't know any of the Urban Dictionary probably, um, because I don't have any cool kids or young people around me much. Um, And I hadn't been on TikTok. I didn't understand what it was. Um, I'd watch lip syncing and I was like, wow, that's clever. That's cool. How do I do that? So I had this whole bucket list of stuff that was cool, fun and a giggle that I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. so I started doing that. And one of the most things was being taking the piss out of myself, laughing at myself, but also entertaining other people at the same time. So, I mean, if you go on my I've got two or three, I think now, because I keep stopping and starting. But TikTok accounts under my um, name BBB, which is Bonkers Brainy Brit. Um, so I gave myself a silly name as well. So Bonkers Brainy Brit <laughs> is like my alter ego that does the most crazy, ludicrous lip syncing and funny, stupid stuff um, for entertainment on TikTok, YouTube and various other social media, literally like a 13 year old would, except I can't do any of the dancing active stuff, but I do do the stupid stuff. And that has brought me out of it in a great way because I've realized actually I'm quite good at comedy. I can be quite funny when I take the piss out of myself and it's it's something I've never done. And I learned from people. I'm like, I'm talking to 15 year olds of how to do lip syncing and, you know, shit like that. And I'm going on Urban Dictionary to look up what Peng is, you know, Ooh, he's Peng. Um, (laughs) So having the ability to laugh at myself and also I sort of, created that bucket list item into you must laugh every day 
So if I'm very low or very miserable, I have a group of stuff I've saved on YouTube, for example. And before I fall asleep, I'll put it on deliberately and make myself laugh until I'm crying with laughter just by watching myself being an idiot or somebody else being an idiot. And that takes me away from it. And in fact, actually, physically it helps as well. But I think a couple of glasses of wine probably help too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's as honest as uh, I can be. Yeah. I want to ask you. It's true. I, I want to ask you. Are you uh, are you a viewer of RuPaul's Drag Race? Sorry, can you repeat that? I lost you. It all went bubbly. Are you? Um, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race? Oh, I have done a bit. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I, I, can't, I can't enjoy that so much because. Uh, I because I used to be a ballroom and Latin American dancer and I used to be able to put very high heels on and strut like that and dance like that and put makeup on mm -hmm. like that. It upsets me. It's like, I, you know, I looked at videos of me in St. Lucia on previous years where I'm always dancing madly on dance floors and, you know, running around beaches like, uh, you know, like a four-year-old doing stupid types of dancing and whatever. And it, I cry my eyes out because I just look at them and think I'll never, ever do it again. So it upsets me, if that makes sense. I, I yeah? only mention this because I remember when I went through um, a whole depression, the first lockdown, like my happy place was just um, watching reruns of RuPaul's Drag Race and I knew like just watching one episode would bring up a smile and joy to myself hence why I asked if you watched it because like it does bring yeah, joy I and, see it, what you and mean. it does have Absolutely. a, does have a beautiful it. message you know yeah I do I, don't, I totally get it and, but that's more you're almost looking at your lifestyle or your sort of dream type scenario type thing where you would feel you know amazing in that environment but for me my environment that I like to put myself in is one where I can entertain people which I suppose mm -hmm. is another thing like stereo because by making other people happy or educated or laughing I feel mm -hmm. I have a purpose in life and that sounds bloody deep. But to be honest, every other purpose I've had in life for the last bloody 40 years, I, I haven't got that purpose in life now because I can't do it. So I've had to find a reason for having a life's purpose. And one of them is being able to make people laugh, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, swiftly moving on because um, we need to get to the next subjects. Another one from Chardonnay. Oh, that's a very good point. Um... I mean, both. I think it feels like you've been robbed of a lot of the things that you do to make you happy and also like the energy and just how much of a toll it's taking on you. So I just want to just I wanted to ask because I'm curious. I don't know a lot about long COVID, but um, yeah, what's worked for you? Because I'm sure it's different for everyone. She's good. I love her voice as well. She's 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 such a warm voice. It's so... Um, I don't know. Obviously, it, it sounds um, a voice, not dissimilar to only, but it sounds a voice of somebody I would look up to and respect and trust. Yeah. And it's very honest and, I don't know, it's, it's a voice that I, I, I could easily trust. Um, whereas sometimes I'm not a good judge of character all the time. I've been ripped off by so many people in the last yeah. couple of years particularly since I got ill I've been you know people have been after money or anything they can get from me and you know I've I've been 
a fool. I've been an idiot. I haven't seen it. I've, I've been gullible. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I've always been so generous in life because I, I love making people happy. But I've been taken advantage mm-hmm. of as well. And that makes me feel more of an idiot and more of a fool, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I have to agree because like, I'm actually meeting Shalini in real, uh, real, um, real life um in a couple of weeks when the, the restrictions ease more and i'm just gonna put it out there shalini you literally do have a heart got heart of god and i am honored and pleasured to meet you for the first time because she's just she's one of those people where she's just really compromising and she's she has so much compassion and she has so much She's just basically humble. Like I can't fault a woman such as herself who does so much um, for the community as well as for people, and just bringing so much joy to um, Stereo. And like just meeting you, even um, Money Penny, uh, Nick, whatever you want me to call you, but just even speaking to you. And I know, like I know, it's difficult um with your situation but i'm actually really i'm honestly and this is coming from my heart but i'm absolutely honored and um just really humbled that you've come here to speak to me because like i love i'm the kind of person where i just love uh, getting to know someone and i've been hurt so many times in my life and unfortunately um i'm gonna put it out there and if he comes on stereo then he can listen to this but this person has um broken my trust and i'm very saddened and disappointed with this person that um, i've trusted and like i understand completely where you're coming from because you really you really do want to be such a good and humble compassionate um compromising person but unfortunately like i said um so many times in this episode that this is a cruel world and there are cruel people who are who hurt you and they don't give a flying fuck if they do you know yeah it's been a a massive realization a sad realization that i've come to to find those people through through being ill people take advantage of you and um i'm not used to that because i you know, formerly would have been a very strong, quite kick-ass, bit scary person in, in certainly in my career life. But you know, in in my real life, I I go out of my way to be. I, I'm overly generous, um, but I don't care. I, I don't I don't care for money. I don't care for materialism. I I never really have done. Even though I've made lots of money, you know, the first thing I did was. You know, I bought my brother a boiler so he could have a flat that had heating and, you know, things like that. I, I just do it. I just and I feel everybody's like that. And it wasn't really mm-hmm. until the last few years that I realized people aren't like that and that it's quite unusual to be giving and wanting to help other people. And, and it's been a really, really hard thing to learn to be kicked mm-hmm. so many times. Yeah, it's been quite horrific. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on, we'll quickly get to these messages and we'll get into the next subject. Yo, 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 big up, Paolo. What's going on? What's going on, Miss Money Penny? How's things? It's your boy Rishi's Reviews just chiming in, saying, What up? <laughs> Thought I'd come in and say hello. How's things, peeps? You all good? 
Oh, oh, hey, Rishi, Rishi. Rishi. Oh, Rishi. Yeah. Yes, I remember talking to Rishi many, many moons ago. Thank you for listening in. <laughs> Welcome, Rishi. I just want to say to you both, <clears throat> you're very sweet. Thank you. Um, it's just nice to know that, like, we're, bit, we're part of a big community here. And um, I can hear that, like, you know, you've both been through a lot and um, you're both very resilient. And I would want to just take a moment to say that. Um, and also, you know, like, when you say that you have, you know, like, when the world can be cruel, I think that the world can be cruel and sometimes we're all vulnerable in our own ways. Um, but if you're ever feeling, like, vulnerable, like, reach out because it's important to be able to lean on people. Um, you both got big hearts. You can tell you're both very passionate and, um, you know, don't lose that. Don't lose that spark. Don't let this cruel world, um, you know, bring that down in you in any way, because it's important. We need people like you both in the world. Uh-huh. Thank you, Charlene. Thank, Thank you. you. And I am a strong person. Listen, um, even though I am a very giving and kind person, at the same time, I am thick skinned and I don't take shit from no one. And if anyone, um does ever punch me to the ground oh listen they have not never seen the wrath of paulo motherfucking Pereira. okay <laughs> <laughs> okay moving on money penny are you ready for your next uh, subject of tea time i am Okay, for those listening and just join us now, welcome. This is my regular podcast, which shines a light on an individual, um, which is none other than Money Penny herself, otherwise Nick. And basically, this is getting to know who they are as they are. I usually set them five subjects as um, all my guests, same subjects, and it's basically going on depth with everything that I mentioned and they mentioned as well. And also to put out there, guys, if you are listening and you are feeling generous, I am taking uh, donations and all proceedings will be going to a fabulous charity, which is Stonewall Charity. It provides um, really great help for the LGBT plus community. They are working for the Black Trans Lives Matter um, movement at the moment and any proceedings whatsoever, 99p. 99 cents wherever you are in the world anything will do otherwise if you cannot give share the show give some love to both myself and money penny on this uh, live right now and uh, like either way um, i'll be happy nonetheless okay so let's move on the next subject of tea time is a piece of music of inspiration and influence. So this could be a song or an album of any kind. So Money Penny, what is your chosen choices tonight? So one of them will seem quite banal, but it's mainly because of the lyrics is the song Feel by Robbie Williams. Ooh, um, the widest song. The the first time that I played it. I was in a particular mindset and a particular place. I think I just come out of a relationship. And also I was running uh, one of my businesses that was doing very well, but I'd come up against a big hurdle in that one of my biggest clients that um, paid the most amount of money, given that I had employees to pay wages to, um, the client had come on to me um, and I was in this horrid situation 
of having to uh, basically put a guy in his place very firmly, but risk losing thousands and thousands of pounds if I did it, or to go through with something that I had absolutely no interest in whatsoever in order to keep my company and my employees going. And this song came on the radio and it just really hit me. I'd come out of a relationship. I was as lonely as I had been in, for a long time and I was facing a brick wall and I just felt extremely alone, but I had the roof off, the sun was shining and I blasted that song out. And it came out with a lyric about, I don't want to die, but I don't like the idea of living either. And that just epitomized where I was at that time. Mm -hmm. This was a, this is um this is quite a surprising choice because like like for me when I when I um think of Robbie Williams I think of like his cheekiness and his gobbiness and everything like that. But there are some songs that he he's like showing such a strength and such um compassion towards like life in general. Yeah. I mean, I read his biography as, as well. And I mean, you know, like many people who've been in the public eye and they've been through huge, huge attention and they've been through drink and drugs and they've done sex, they've done loads of things they regret doing. You know, Robbie is particularly one of those people who's crashed and burnt more times than most people have had birthdays. And there, there is uh, a certain admiration that I see in him as somebody who has an instinctive, amazing, natural talent, but is equally so high risk in self-damage and self-criticism and self-annihilation that I really identify with it. And his ability to scrape everything up off the floor and get back up again is shown in some of the uh, lyrics and some of the songs that he wrote in his most low periods. And I mean, the lyrics to feel are when he is coming off um, or he's trying to come off his big drug habit. He's had a big mixed relationship with a man who he deeply loves and adores in a way, but equally he's going through a very confusing time in his life. And the main chorus is, um, I just want to feel real love. I've never felt real love. And it's this whole question in his head of whether or not his life should take a slightly different turn and perhaps whether or not this deep love and affection that he has felt for this man for so long, mm -hmm. this man who supported him through his career, might be something more and that he might have to and turn around all the sex, drugs and rock and roll with all these cute women and make a massive, great, big decision. And the whole theatrical thing of all these swirling big decisions and doors opening and closing in front of him. And he could just take a mirror, which it says, he says, take a mirror. And he doesn't obviously say cocaine, but he refers to it. Um, and he's so tempting to just go, Fuck it, you know, I'm just going to get off my tits, stay high and not face up to a problem. And I just identified with it in so many ways in that situation I was at at the time.
Mm-hmm. And what was your other choice you wanted to speak about, by the way? Uh, I think that's the one from Hannibal, which is... Um, you're going to have to remind me now. This is the brain fog I get. When I get a little bit tired, the no worries, uh, brain fog I can remind totally you. stops me. It's, no, no uh, it's, a more, it's, your... it's an operatic track, isn't it? Yeah. No worries. So your other choice, you said you put down as "Ain't No Mountain High Enough" by Marvin Gaye. Oh, that one. Yes, that's my happy track. That's the one that last year, when I got too too close to suicide, that was the the track that I played to stop me doing it because it lifted me. Take your time. Take your time. That's it. That's all I can say. It's the most happy, amazing, big, big ballad, dance, disco, all that 70s, 80s disco, soul, you know, it just, you know, particularly Tammy Terrell, Marvin Gaye, um, Luther Vandross, you know, I'm talking lots of old stuff that is big disco, fun dance beats, but that one track in particular, Ain't no mountain high enough, ain't no river wide enough, ain't no river wide enough to keep me away from you, girl. And that was just the track I played to pull myself out of depths. That's what I used, yeah. I'm, I just want to applaud you because, like, you saying that this specific song is your happy song, like, it stops you from... Shall we say, um, and I'm going to say it, by the way, go and go in to commit suicide or like doing anything like really like motivational and motivated um, and giving up. Basically, basically, yeah, basically giving up. Like I'm actually applaud you for like admitting this, basically. Thank you. It's not unusual. Sadly, the group that I. I'm part of, which now has 58, 60,000 British people in it with long COVID. We've had 12 suicides last year. We've had another 18 suspected suicides this year. And not only are you uh, demolished by your own physical incapability because of what this horrid illness does to you physically and strips you of your own ability to do anything, but it also is attacking your your brain mentally so as i said you lose your memory you lose the name of your best friend you forget how many tablets you took 10 seconds ago and you can't control that and then when you feel suicidal you don't have any anywhere to go with it because you're not even thinking properly Not that you would be when you were suicidal, but it's just everybody and everything and every part of your body is attacking you and every person around you has denied you or doesn't believe you or doesn't know how to help you or genuinely wants to help you but can't do anything. And it is just the ultimate in in not having anything to get up for. I mean, the actual phrase in our group is, I'm scared to go to bed tonight in case I don't wake up in the morning. Uh, and that's, you know, we discuss it many times, many nights with many people that get this illness. I'm like the grandma of the group compared to them because obviously I'm the longest surviving person so far. But 
you know, it doesn't go. It it stays with you, and it is scary when it happens. It's really scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly for those who are just joining us, uh, Money Penny's choices for um, music of influence and admiration is two choices. So first one is the song called Feel by Robbie Williams. The song is by British singer-songwriter Robbie Williams. It was released on 10th of October 2002 as the lead single from from um, his fifth studio album, A Skypology, uh, which came out in 2002 as well. The song became an international hit, reaching the top of the charts. And this is... Um, this is all... Uh, also a happy song for you also would you say uh yes yes i would say yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and quickly another choice that money penny has chosen is ain't no mountain high enough uh, a pop slash soul song written by um nicholas ashford and valerie simpson in 1966 and it's been covered multiple times um, um, by multiple artists such as Diana Ross and was it all of that, especially in the media of Sister Act 2. And I just want to was it, I just want to really once again just applaud you for like like revealing and allowing to share to the audience like that this specific song specifically ain't no mountain high enough is giving you the strength to continue to stay alive because like sorry i'm getting a bit emotional so like this is honestly just raw that i'm just getting from you this is just such rawness and i've never experienced this on tea time where someone's choice of piece of music is actually helping them try to survive every day you know yeah well you know after after what's happened so much in the last 12 months i got to a stage i was being asked to do all these interviews in the tabloids uh and to be you know profiled on the front page of the sun and the star and the mirror and the mail and i was being pursued by journalists for so many months last year and I knew that I would get trolled and I knew that I would get people that would shout at me and people that wouldn't believe and people that would scream and people that would, you know. And I just said to myself, what the F have you got to lose? I have not got anything to lose. And when you are so completely that close to suicide so many times and your body is failing every day more and more and your organs are slowing down and you are being taken to hospital so many times more and more and there are people by the thousands dying of covid virus and the hospitals are full and the ambulances are full and you do not have any children and you do not have lots of people around you that love you it becomes a selfish thing to put yourself ahead of that queue so the only thing you do is say the only thing i am good at and the only thing i can help with is by putting my story on the front page of all those papers in the vast vast hope that people will understand that there are millions of people like me hiding afraid to go to bed because their hearts are going so fast and their lungs have collapsed and their kidneys and they are sitting at home waiting to die and they are ashamed like me ashamed to sit at home and wait to die and i thought i've got nothing to lose so i did it 
I went on every single newspaper, TV station, radio station, front page of all the tabloids and all the nationals. And I let people sometimes rip me to shreds in comments and trolls and online. But also I had overwhelming, wonderful, amazing support worldwide from people that were saying, thank God there's somebody like me. Thank God somebody understands what I'm going through. Thank God I'm not alone. And people started coming out of the woodwork, writing these amazing letters to me to saying that I'd saved their lives, that I'd brought back their relationships, that their husbands were suddenly believing them and that their fathers had given them a hug for the first time in months because they realized they were genuinely actually ill with this long COVID thing that nobody had ever heard of. And it was absolutely the most enlightening, uplifting feeling of having done something good. And it, you know, it, it's horrid because you're being beaten like a pulp in one hand, but also knowing that you are saving lives, literally saving lives, um, which makes me feel fantastic that I've managed to do that. But nobody, <laughs> nobody will ever understand what it's been like, you know, unless you've been through it, unless you're going through it now. Listen, th those headlines, I, I, I am for a fact knowing that who, those who are suffering as well are was it probably internally grateful for you sharing that story as well as those who aren't aware such as myself i am truly truly honestly like honestly is not even a word truly like compassionate about like knowing what long COVID is and now you're explaining it even further during this tea time discussion i have I feel like I'm getting a better understanding what you're experiencing and I'm just was I really applaud you money penny I really do honestly Thank you thank you it means a lot Yes okay yes. before we before we move on is there anything further you want to discuss with the, uh, this topic before we go to the next subject No I just want to thank you because you're being incredibly patient and genuine and gentle with me but also provoking the right questions that need to be asked um we will, we've also got six questions i don't know if you want to take those before we get to the last topic yeah we actually have two topics we still have two topics um like oh, i said okay. what, holly, what holly did say that i am i am and will be looking after you and i hope i'm doing a good job by doing that for you my love thank you yeah Okay, first one is from Rishi. Yeah, guys, I kind of came in halfway through the conversation, so I don't know what's kind of going on, but you're obviously thinking about things and people who have done things to you in your past or whatever. But always remember, man, as where there's people who are kind of bad or take advantage for you, of you, sorry, there's always people behind them who will help you and, up, and uplift you as well. And the key is, is just to kind of recognize the people who, are, who aren't good for you and recognize the people who are good for you and put your energy with them. And then both your energies together will only just grow and make you more powerful. And you'll see the negative people, you know, they're always the ones that are lost. In the beginning, it looks like they're doing well and they're succeeding, but in the end, they crash. You know, they always do. So don't worry, man. You guys are okay. And yeah, if you ever need a talk, I'm here for you people as well, man. Thank you, Rishi. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, he has another one, by the way. 
see, I'm a bit of a, I have a soft spot for Robbie Williams, so I know where you're coming from, <laughs> uh, Money Penny. And just like Paolo said there with his little cheekiness songs and that, and I resonate with the cheeky songs, but also, I mean, I won't go into it too much. There was a time when I remember the song, I'm Loving Angels Instead, and that song really did get me out of a lot of shit. You know, and he does some real touching songs, you know. And there's that song that he sang with his daughter, oh, about his daughter. That was an amazing song. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that was. Okay. Yeah. Okay, next one is from Colin Baines. Amazing song that you've uh, chosen. Um, yeah, I have a, a similar um, fondness for Roy Williams. Um, and I don't... Um, I. Uh, I'm going to recommend you to everyone's listening. Um, Stephen Fry uh, did a documentary, The Secret Life of Manic Depressive. Um, and, uh, yeah. It, yeah, Robbie was in that. He interviewed Robbie Williams about that. Uh, it was also about bipolar um, disorder, um, uh, yeah, as well as manic um, behaviours. Um, uh, and, yeah, I, I, I do. I love that, that chorus. I've got too much life running through these veins going to waste yes. um yeah yes uh, good line at times i can definitely identify with that at other times i just feel like i haven't got any life running through these ways i need to get sleep anyway it's been lovely hearing you um i'm sure i used to hear you on radio five live i used to be an avid listener <laughs> quite probably he's got that line that was one of the lines that equally touched me a lot thank you for reminding me of of that line I've got so much running through my veins. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have another message from April. I had to pop out for a little bit because I'm a working girl and had to do a design meeting. Um, but I've been tuning in for the past little bit here. And I just want to say, Professor Money Penny, I am just so thankful for everything that you're sharing and your vulnerability. I know it takes... Um, some emotional capacity to be able to uh, verbalize what you have been through and it's really inspiring and yeah I just want to thank you for sharing and also to Paolo for allowing people on stereo to have this platform and to have other people listen to you know their experiences so just sending love to absolutely both of you thank you so much thank you so 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 much that's lovely Thank you, April. Okay, we have another one from Rishi. Yeah, sorry, Moneypen, you just sparked something. Um, something with my brother was very similar, and um, he was going for things like that. And um, I, I, t- I remember, like, him really battling everything, and he couldn't fight. You know, he just kept on saying he hasn't got, got it in him anymore, and he couldn't explain it. And... I used to have a go at him because he used to collapse a lot, but I didn't realise that he was forget like he didn't know when he was taking his tablets, so he was overdosing on them. But he would forget that yeah. he took them, so he'd t- take that. them thinking he needed them. And yeah, it is. It, it, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. That's spot mm-hmm. on. That's from somebody who actually knows. Was the <laughs> the funny thing is when I when I started getting really ill last year. One of the girls I know um, bought me those those pill um, boxes. So is you get, you get Monday to Friday written on pink and yellow mm-hmm. and orange and whatever. Yeah. 
And she started, I, I think I was on like five or six different medications. So she started putting the, the medications, pulling them out of the proper wrappers and putting them in, in the pillboxes that are labeled um, like morning, afternoon, evening on certain days or whatever it is, which you would think was a good idea. Except that I can't remember what day it is, what time it is, and more importantly, where I've put these bloody pillboxes. So I went through a whole week of constantly overdosing or not taking tablets because I couldn't find the bloody things or I lost them or I didn't know what day I was meant to be taking or I'd take another day because I thought I'd missed something. I was just all over the place. And then because some of them are little white round ones and some of them are pink capsule ones and, and whatever, I couldn't work out which one was which. So I'd be taking too many beta blockers or you know uh too many of the morphine based opiates or you know not enough of um the hypertension ones and, and it's dangerous stuff and i'd just be passing or you know my blood pressure w would race so high and my tachycardia would kick in and, and next thing i know there'd be a bloody ambulance here again taking me down to casualty because i not be able to look after what I was meant to be doing in terms of tablets. I, I'm hardly eating because you have no taste, you have no appetite, you have no smell. And when you do eat, your stomach doesn't react well. And so you're, you're just, and I can't, you know, I can't move my hands. My hands are arthritically cramped all over it. their fingers, like locked up some days. And so even something like writing something down, like making a note is, is virtually impossible. You know, I, I can't, some, I can't brush my teeth because holding a toothbrush too much, the grip isn't there to hold the toothbrush. I haven't worn a bra for God knows how long because I can't do a bra strap up. Uh, in simple things like chopping a, a pepper or a potato or whatever to feed myself, can't do it. Um, and I was completely broke. It's not like I, I could order Deliveroo because I had no benefits. I had no income. I had nothing. And this time last year, you can see why I was giving up so quickly so many times. There was just no way out of it that I could see or even believe was going to be there at some point in the future. And my doctors were literally writing letters saying, we haven't got a clue what's wrong with you. We do not know what to do. We don't know when you'll get better, if you'll get better. You've got heart damage, you've got this, you've got that. And you, I mean, you think if all these people, including your own family and friends, have given up on you, then who the hell gives a damn if you're not around? And that's mm -hmm. where you get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to play this one last message and we're going to get into your next subject, okay? You know, I usually yeah. hate Robbie Williams, but that is probably one of the songs that I do like from him. I used to hate, you know, when you go to a club and they play Angels at the end of the night and you'd be like, oh God, make it stop. But anyway, um, <laughs> Money Penny, I wanted to ask you, um, if there was one thing that sums up love, what would it be for you? Like, is it a feeling? Um, is there, is there like, when I say love to you, what's the first thing that pops into your head? The love that I see, I have captured, and it is feeling like everybody's given up on me and lying on the settee because most nights I don't make it into the bedroom. So I'm asleep on my settee and my dog cuddles and snuggles up to me so tight and is literally like licking and kissing my face. 
at bang on <laughs> nine in the morning because he knows that's the time for breakfast and he will not let me sleep through it. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs, they, they keep me alive. They do because they kick my bloody ass. I'm not allowed to have a bad day and and not move off the sofa. Even if I feel crippled, I crawl on my fucking knees, you know, about 10 mm-hmm. yards from my sofa to my kitchen to go and feed them. And they look at me so adoringly, like I've just made the whole world better because I've fed them. That is love. That is love. Mm, lovely. Okay, Money Penny, are you ready for your next subject of tea time? Yes. Okay, so guys, for those who are joining us late, welcome. This is my regular podcast called Tea Time. And this is from stereo going to all streaming sites afterwards, such as Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, whatever you're using, it'll be there straight away afterwards. And this is basically shining a light on um, an individual's life, who they are, how they are today. And my special guest is none other than Money Penny herself. And also, guys, just to put it out there, if you are in a very generous mood, I am accepting donations and all proceedings will be going to the Stonewall Charity. It is a fabulous charity that helps with the LGBT plus community and they're doing absolutely fantastic work um, being involved with a Trans Lives Matter situation. So any any donations whatsoever, even if it's just a little tiny a pound or a dollar, <laughs> Um, bring it my way. That'll be absolutely lovely. Um, when it hits a hundred, it'll be going straight to the charity. I have contacted the charity and they have thanked me. Thank, thank me for um, the the work I'm doing. So I'm really proud of um, basically just working with them really. And as well, if any donations are given to Money Penny, that'd be absolutely lovely. She uh, is accepting donations. She is accepting um, subscriptions. Uh, if you want to be super fans with Money Penny, that'd be absolutely fabulous. And as well, don't be afraid. To, if you enjoy the show, um, I do this regularly, guys. Um, unfortunately, it'll be going from two two nights a week at some point next month. Unfortunately, because I'll be going back to work. Unfortunately, uh, but. Uh, yes, this is a regular, um, a regular thing that is on stereo. And if you do want to be on tea time, if you've never been on tea time, but you've you've been craving that moment, darling, send me a DM my way, and I'll be happy to place you. Uh, on a slot on tea time soon the social medias of ours are basically linked on both of our profiles and also child don't be uh, don't be don't be mean give us a little follow you know we are we are such fabulous people on stereo so give us a little follow on our little um little tiny yellow button on our profiles so moving on so again uh money penny are you ready for your next subjects i am Yes. Yes. Okay. So, based on your life, who you are, as you are, Money Penny, your next subject is a piece of film slash television series of influence and admiration. Your chosen choice tonight is the game. Oh, why the game? <laughs> so this is quite an old film, but I've noticed on Netflix. For some bizarre reason, it's suddenly become one of those that are like on the first list of popular movies. And it's an old movie. And basically, it's one of those movies, I've probably now seen it, I don't know, three or four times, maybe more. 
but it's a life changing movie it's so clever it's quite um complex it makes you you have to pay attention to it it's not one of those where you can get really chilled and you know be half asleep um although if you do you watch it again and again but i can't tell you the ending all i can say is that a brother buys his brother played by michael douglas a very very special present and the present is an experience like no other experience and the experience shows michael douglas's character huge massive flaws and oversights and mistakes to the life that he's been living for many many years and mm-hmm. it involves huge leaps of risk and physically and mentally literally life-changing leaps of endeavor that you have to choose like a game to go left or right or up or down and it is a game like the title of the film the game and i don't want to say any more because it's one of those films you have to watch it to realize how devastatingly clever the game is it's good before you continue let me just give um, a brief lowdown on uh, money penny's choice of tv um slash film of influence and admiration so money penny has chosen the game it is a 1997 american thriller film directed by um david fincher starring michael douglas and sean penn and produced by propaganda films and polygram films entertainment it tells the story of a wealthy investment banker who is given a mysterious gift by his brother participate uh, uh, sorry let me say that again participation in a game that interrogates in strange ways with his everyday life as the lines between the banker's real life and the game become more uncertain hints of a large conspiracy become apparent the game was wells the game was well received by critics like Roger Albert and major um, periodicals like the New York Times Um this is was it would you consider this um, somewhat of a, a cult classic in a way Well you would say that if lots of people talked about it but not many people that I have had a conversation with even have heard of it it's kind of strange Mhm mhm And you say was it you say you just recently discovered this like how long, how long ago was this again Well it was probably 1998 1999 just before the millennium um which at the time was when i was leaving the city and the rat race myself which is probably why it had more impact because mm-hmm. it represented a lifestyle that i saw a lot of people around me living um mm-hmm. yeah yeah Would you say would you say your your lifestyle back then is so relatable for this film? Uh not really. You see I was making more money than I needed, but I was using that money to get my brother 
into a flat in London to buy my dad a car that wouldn't collapse when he had a full-on head-on collision with another car, which is what actually happened. So the car that I bought my father actually saved his life. And the money that I made then, I invested in property. I didn't go out buying designer labels and handbags and wearing this, that and the other. And I was never a materialistic show-off. And I worked in a environment in the city a lot, which was full of those real slony Rolex wearing, absolutely no brain or substance you know, piss-taking, I'm sorry, but I just hated it. I hated it, hated all the materialistic, posh people who, as parents, did this, that and the other and spoke like they'd got, you know, a spoon in the mouth. Um, and I was I was never one of them. I always felt different. I kind of felt like I was using them because they were paying me so much money to work mm-hmm. in the city that I thought it was ridiculous. But I thought, right, I'll just get as much off them as I can before I can't stand it anymore and then I'll get out and that's what I did mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how would you how can you convince the NDP uh, sorry I'm just muddling up my words today how would you convince people listening um, to your choice which is the game a 1997 film how can you convince people to watch this and just have that um, that that mindset that you you have of this film of influence yeah, basically well, ultimately it's about finding out what the real things are that matter in life and not being funny we've all been through a global pandemic and if you haven't come out of this global pandemic with a little bit more common sense to show that it is love it is friends it is family it is a basic meal it is fresh air it is um, you know, the community around you that is important and it is not the bloody Nike trainers and the Mercedes and nothing else. If you have not already reached that conclusion, then I, I don't think there's much hope. I'm being, you know, <laughs> a, a little bit tongue in cheek. But this film, The Game, is about rejecting what is gross materialism and greed and hunger for the showy things that some people need to bolster their own egos and live in a palatial and elitist world. I've never been in that world. I've enjoyed occasionally buying myself a nice watch because I love watches, but I have never been in that world. But I have been completely on my own, lonely, with no friends, no social life, no boyfriend, girlfriend, anybody that cares about me at a lot of points in my life. Because I devoted myself so much to a career, because I got very ill, because I wasn't able to have kids, because, because, because. And this film, I think, just puts life in perspective for the few people that might still be angling for the living a fast lifestyle in a posh Mercedes. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it would put them off completely. Mm-hmm. I was—I actually have to touch upon this because you make such a fabulous and convincing points. Because I'm gonna—I'm gonna explain two two things that I've experienced during this pandemic. So, do you remember how the government did the whole eat out to help out? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. So basically, I work in a restaurant, which is um, which I explained to you, which is called Dish Gym. 
and it really goes to show how much people can be honestly really um cruel to you like during that was it during that whole 50 percent off like everyone like people were aware that it was to help pick up the the hospitality industry and everything like that but my fucking god did i witness such horrendous human beings being absolutely dickheads and um just honestly like purely uh, like just a disappointment towards service just treating them like absolute shit as if like they're worthless you know and i i remember that whole month when we did it in my restaurant where i work like i feel like half of the staff had to take a moment because just people just were so cruel to us that we we had to have a little cry and just like like there was even a one moment where one of the staff members quit in the middle of the shift because she could not like deal with people's like just behavior like like even when we bring the food and they're just like oh it looks pinkish to me and then we have to remind them this is just marination they're like take it away you're you're you don't know what you're talking about blah 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 and everything like that and it just it's just really abs it's just absolutely horrendous what people just can just say and do to you and it just like fucks with you in your mind you know and another point i want to make is like material or stuff like you mentioned like it doesn't mean anything because at the end of the day, like it's just gonna leave you um, lonely and everything like that. I absolutely agree. So I actually had um, um, a guest, uh, which I'm not gonna mention, I'm not gonna name check them, but I had a guest that came on Tea Time and I basically was so done with this person that all they were talking about was themselves, wanting to be successful talking about money the wildcard subject which is usually the last subject of this podcast they wanted to talk about how they want to be successful how they wanted money and everything like that and i was just like you know what i'm fucking done with you i'm not putting this on streaming sites i'm not even gonna waste my <laughs> breath i'm not even going to was it i'm not even going to touch the button Good to put it on you. the streaming sites because at the end of the day this this is not what my podcast is about my podcast is about talking about realistic stuff talking about rawness and emotion and what people are going through why the fuck do i want to listen to you wanting to be successful he was complaining about why should footballers get um so much money when i should i deserve better and everything like that fuck work for it you are on <laughs> fucking instagram you're on instagram talking about success every fucking story and i'm so over it you know what i'm talking about money penny yeah absolutely i just want to give you a big high five yeah absolutely there you go i, I give you a virtual high five <laughs> <laughs> but like now that i mention this to you what 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 would you say to these people who are like thinking wow i i i've just bought a new gucci shoes um yesterday and i just now that i'm listening to this i'm like thinking wow maybe they are right maybe like i'm coming across as a bit of a dickheads how would you how would you give advice to these people to do how would you convince them to be like listen these things very do not easily, matter in the world very easily i tell them to put a 
on their finest designer clobber to put on the most expensive Louis Vuitton to carry the most expensive Burberry suitcase and to fly over to India and watch people dying around you on the streets with no oxygen while people who are qualified doctors and lawyers and solicitors are building graves around you ready for you and your family and everybody else to go in because you are going to die just as quick as anybody in rags next to your <laughs> fucking Louis Vuitton because the money means nothing that's one thing the pandemic has done you are nobody no matter how many bloody Louis Vuitton bags and Burberry handbags and whatever you can carry over and look at your Breitling watch and find out it's 10 minutes past two because you'll be dead by half past two as much as the person next to you who hasn't got a penny, who's done everything for their children and their family and is dying next to you with no oxygen, with no oxygen that you've got no oxygen because you mean nothing, because you're worth just as much as every single beggar and every person on the street in fact they're worth more because at least they've done something honorable for other people and not gone out of their way to spread their money on material idiotic purchases that have just been ripped off and are probably made by chinese children in sweat factories in the other parts of the world that aren't half as well off as you are that's it Yes, guys, give it up. This is true stuff. This is what Money Penny is preaching. This is what the world is. This is not materialistic stuff. This is not what we want in life. What we want in life is happiness and love and just knowing that there are people knowing that they are are there for us, you know, because at the end of the day, we are we are put in this uh, world for a reason to experience life and have a journey is not it is not about a fucking gucci shoes and shit like that you know so please um, applaud money penny for speaking the absolute truth this is what you guys need to stick in your heads forever on and know that at the end of the day of course uh, of course like shoes are going to be beautiful 3000k whatever but it doesn't matter it really does not matter you know thank you paolo thank you it absolutely does not matter you can be black you can be white you can be yellow you can be any creed color culture religion anywhere at any time you can wear whatever designer fashion you want to wear you can have as much bling as you want you can turn up in any lamborghini at any place but this virus doesn't give a damn it doesn't care it will still kill you just as much as the person next to you who spent their time helping people and helping their family and supporting others instead of dreaming of bloody gucci watches and turning themselves around on a catwalk in monaco it's repulsive and can i just put it out there i work in a restaurant where i served so um high clients to people who work for the sun newspaper people who work for was it the prime minister and everything like that and even though i know that they make more money than me and they they probably see me as someone who who needs to uh, change their career to do something better listen i've been doing hospitality for 10 years even though was it was i want to change career do you, uh, do i see myself 
being ashamed of doing what I do? No, because absolutely not. Because what my mother has taught me is to work hard and know that if you are happy doing what you are doing, then that is what your happiness is. I am happy knowing that when I serve people in a restaurant and they smile at my jokes and they smile of my conversations and I, they basically they are happy and acknowledging my presence, this is what I come for, you know? It's not about the shit. Absolutely. And it's not, I don't begrudge people making money. I made lots of money. But I worked my bottom off and with the money, I helped those around me that hadn't got money. So I'm not saying don't earn money, don't be successful. Yes, do. There's a fantastic lady on here called I Am Crystal who I do business shows with. She is a brilliant thinking entrepreneur from a very humble background and she makes good money. But she looks after friends, family, children, relatives, anybody around her. And that is the whole purpose of it. If you've got a skill, exploit it, use it carefully, build a business, do what makes you happy because you spend two thirds of your adult life working. So for God's sake, do something you enjoy and do make money, but use it wisely. Don't spoil it and flaunt it on your own silly giddish needs while other people around you are suffering. It's mm -hmm, just, mm -hmm. it's common sense to me. But clearly um, some people just haven't got and that. You make, a, you make a very good point with that, what you just said, because I I don't know if you know um, uh, Nick, but I have a small business, which is a um, postal brownies and cookie business, which is called Dirty Sugar. Um, two E's if anyone's interested in um, even bothering to acknowledge it um, in my social media. But with that, I am also a small business where I ha I'm in a private um, group chat with other small businesses and we are helping each other to grow with, um, grow together and just basically encourage each other to be successful and to learn from each other. And in the end, we are not there to be like competition because all these big businesses such as Weatherspoons, um, Virgin and all of that, this is basically big corporations wanting to be competition with each other. I am in a small business where I support other small businesses and these uh, small businesses are following me at the moment knowing that I have so much full support for each of them and I'm not there to yeah of course I'm, I'm there to make money but who isn't you know at the end of the day we are there to hustle we are there to pay our rent and everything like that but the true happiness is knowing that you are making other people happy and making yourself happy knowing that you know absolutely absolutely totally <clears throat> and where possible always support smaller businesses I mean websites like etsy buy from there the the cute homemade stuff rather than the amazon stuff you know you can all do your own bit to help other small businesses and people that are starting up on my finance show i talked about peer-to-peer -peer lending where you actually invest money in other people doing the same as you and they invest back um, I'm not going to do that now because it's a whole business thing. But if you want to listen to it, it's attached to my profile and you can listen to, you know, how to make money responsibly, how to invest responsibly and how to build your own career without having to borrow lots of money from the horrid banks that are just going to rip you off. Borrow money from other small investors like you that want to put money into you and invest in you. 
Mm-hmm. Amen, sister. Amen. Okay, is there anything further of, of this topic that you want to discuss uh, before we move on? No, all good. All good. Okay, lovely. Okay, before we get into the final subject of the night, let's play these ditties. Okay, one is from my gal Bex. Oh, wow. This is property time right now because that's really resonated. I feel like we just all need to be around a dinner table because... Professor Moneypenny, you've just touched on being alone and for the sacrifice of a career. And I still feel like in a crowded room, you can you can feel the most alone, can't you? My goodness. Oh, we all need to gather around the table, don't we? Paolo at the head, head of the table, <laughs> ordering the cocktails, making the cocktails. The spice the stereo. Yes. And, <laughs> and Spotify, of course. <laughs> Yeah, I've never seen the game. I'm going to put it on our watch list. Uh, Michael Douglas is a good favourite of mine, so I'm I'm still a, a bambino, so I probably haven't ventured that far into his uh, bibliography. But yeah, uh, oh, I adore you both. Thank you, girl. <laughs> that lovely. Okay. I do watch the game. We must, mm-hmm, when we mm-hmm. summarise at the end, please tell people to watch it because I think for many people, and particularly now, although it's an old film, it has a lot of impact and a lot of teaching and almost a sort of a story that will touch everybody in different ways, but hopefully will really kick you up the backside. If you don't know where you are in life or what you want in life, it will show you a door. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, we have another message. I think she just came here to stop by and say hello. It is my El Picante, my spicy Latina sister. It is Millie J. Green. What's up, oh. Professor Money Penny? Hey, Paolo. How are you guys doing today? Just testing out um, my grandma's phone to see if I could do stereo lives. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. We can hear you loud and clear, darling. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to Tea Time, Millie J. Green. Nice to see you, babes. Yes. Okay. Uh, we have a guy called Free Spirits. I'm not sure if he's going to be pranking us, but let's see. Hello. Hi. How you doing, guys? Yes, we're doing very well. Thank you. Okay, so Money Penny, are you ready for your next tea? Uh, sorry, your final subject of tea time. Yes, I am. Okay, so I know you mentioned this throughout the whole show, but I I want everyone's um, all your um, attention on uh, Money Penny's final subject. So usually on tea time, the final subject is the wildcard subject. So what this means is I give. My special guest, who happens to be Money Penny herself, I give her the opportunity to talk about whatever she wants before uh, we leave you guys. So, uh, Money Penny, what would you like to advocate? What would you like to uh, like tell them? What you're influenced by? What you what you are wanting to de- um, be mindful of, aware of? Um, so, Money Penny, take it away. What is your wildcard subject? Um. I don't think it's very wild, but I think it's the only thing that has dominated and changed my life and millions of other lives, which is not just COVID, it's long COVID. It's having had 
the virus and now living a completely different life physically and mentally because of it. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go in depth with that? Do you want to explain further what um, what it is, uh, what is it about for those who are just um, coming in late? Okay, what I'd like to do if possible is I've written something because one of the things about long COVID is I compared it earlier to HIV in the mm -hmm. fact that, as you all know, COVID is a virus, but it's a very unusual virus. And as much as scientists and experts and doctors and medics worldwide have reported on this virus and what it does and what they think it might do and how it's affected people and how it's posing a threat to different people of different cultures and different backgrounds in different places and in different ways, the one thing that unites all of us is that we naturally fear death. But the big untold story about this virus is that death is not necessarily the worst thing that this virus can do to you or your loved ones or your family. Because living with long COVID in the same way as those people who were very much doubted and looked down upon and in a lot of ways hated and patronized when HIV appeared initially amongst mainly the gay community, HIV was a virus that showed an incredibly long-term effect on many people. It was not understood. There was no cure. And in fact, today, there is still no cure for HIV. There isn't a vaccine for HIV and AIDS. But you don't die from HIV and AIDS. Most people die as a result of the damage that it does to you. And it's like a little parasite living within you that every day is getting stronger and more gregarious and more risky and more dangerous. And imagine this little, I called it a fiery dragon when it began with me because it mm -hmm. set my body on fire. It was like a molten, fiery lava that replaced my blood. And in my bloodstream was this thick, molten lava that was too thick to feed the organs in my body and too thick to be able to pump the blood into my brain to keep my brain alive and into my heart to keep my heart beating and in my lungs to allow me to breathe. And every day, that horrible little dragon within me got stronger while I got weaker. And it was within me laughing at me every day as I became less and less able to do even the most basic of things. And so I would not sit there and know at any point that there would be anything that I could do that might help or cure it even though everybody on the planet would tell you to take vitamin A or vitamin D or this potion or that potion or this or this. And today, mm. as I sit here today, 
I still have more likelihood of not being here in six to eight months than I would have if I had blood cancer. And initially, in February last year, I was diagnosed with blood cancer, with multiple myeloma, before they knew exactly what the virus was doing to me, because I was one of the first people that started to show the damage of long COVID. Now with cancer, you can have radiotherapy and chemotherapy, and you can do things that are proven to help you. And one in three people with cancer will get better. But with long COVID, nobody has completely survived untouched. Nobody knows what is causing it and nobody has a cure. And in the UK, I am one of over 2 million adults and over 300,000 children under the age of 10 with this illness. And it is being neglected and forgotten and swept under the carpet as Boris Johnson is talking about who paid for the fucking decorating in number 10 Downing Street. And that's what makes us angry. And that's my life. My life is simply about teaching and trying to help stop so many other people going through what the long COVID community is going through, where we don't know if we will wake up tomorrow. I've got heart damage, I've got lung damage, I've got three tumours on my liver. Some days I can't walk. I haven't been able to walk my dogs for 16 months. I can't eat most of the time. I haven't been able to taste or smell for 16 months. I can't go out and get a bit of fresh air. I can't go for a wander down to the pub. I can't go out and do any of the normal things that people will do. Some days I can't even brush my teeth or brush my hair. I had all my hair chopped off from long hair to a grade four all round because I couldn't cope with it. I had to put my cat up for adoption. I've had to give up all my friends. My family have given up on me. My doctors have given up on me. Everybody has given up on me and I'm alone. And I'm not alone as I'm part of two million people with long COVID and all I want to do is to educate and stop other people going through it. That's my life. That's what it is. Take your time. Take your time. That's it, Paolo. That there is no more. We've covered the rest of it. You know the rest of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything further to this before we finish? I would love it if those people listening and those people that might listen on podcast or those people that have other friends on stereo that might listen to this on record. Please, please spread the word. And please don't think that we're all safe now. Because there are many people that don't realize they've even had COVID. One in three are asymptomatic. And even if you have had COVID or you know somebody that has, these long-term symptoms, this organ damage, the ability to be able to walk and feed yourself, that could stop within weeks or months. There's no warning with this thing. It's horrific. So please go to longcovid.org. That's L-O-N-G-C-O-V-I-D dot org. Go to that website, please, which gives you loads and loads of useful links to many, many media articles, to many resources, and to many other ways to educate yourself and others 
to try and support and help and to try and encourage the government, the benefits industry, the financial services industry to support and acknowledge that there are millions of people and it has been calculated that the NHS will have to find 31 billion, billion pounds a year just to support the people like me with this condition. It's too late for me. It's too late for me because the damage is done, but it's not too late for other people. And if there's one thing I want to do before I leave this mortal coil is make sure that other people do not go through anything like what I've been through. Thank you, Paolo. Thank you. Guys, give it up for Money Penny, my special guest tonight on Tea Time. Yes. How was your Tea Time experience? Yes, it was a real experience. <laughs> I have to say. One of tears and laughter and joy and connection and communication and insight and i'm just really really chuffed that you have invested your own time and resource and those that have listened have bothered to take time out of their own busy schedules to listen to little old miss money penny <laughs> so just thank you thank you listen you you when i came across the year and i discovered your story i was just like you know what this is someone who is not is not actually getting listened to and she is just um, doing her best to advocate it and to actually spread awareness and everything and when i found out that people are not believing you and people are not aware of this and people are not like not even bothering to actually take a time to listen to your story i was just like you know what i feel like the perfect place for you to share your experience, your was it your whole situation is to be on tea time because when you're on tea time, it gets real, you know, it gets raw and it gets emotional and it becomes an honest discussion, you know. It certainly does. And if you have any any thought whatsoever that hundred percent of what I've said may not be a hundred percent correct. I don't blame you, but go to longcovid.org and go to my Instagram that is linked to my profile and look at my internet, look at my, my TikTok, my YouTube, my Instagram, my Facebook. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing left to lose. I have lost everything. So all I can do is share my story. So go and look and believe. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And for those who who want to say something on the voice notes regarding this discussion, please do it now before we leave, uh, because I'm sure you guys have um, like stuff to say before we go. Because this, I'm gonna put it out there. This is mu- this of all the um, interviews I've done on Tea Time. This has probably been the most honest. Sorry, I'm getting emotional by saying this. Oh, this has been the most emotional, most rawest um, interview I've ever, ever, ever done because this is just something that really breaks my heart. Really. Sorry, I'm just getting a little bit teared up. Oh. No, thank you, Paolo. I feel sorry now. I didn't mean to upset you. 
Oh, you haven't upset me. Listen, I'm all about listening to people's stories. And I'm not that kind of person where where I'm just shallow and vain and everything. Because when people this is my problem I have in life. When people see me, the first the first thing that people judge me on is my resting bitch face, my was it my like the way I come across, like, oh look at me, look, my posing and everything. Yeah, because like any day I wanna live my life, I wanna live my truth and I wanna live knowing that I know about myself, I know who I am, you know? But people don't realize when they get to know me, I'm a kind of person that actually wants to listen to someone else's story. I don't want to talk about my life all the time. I want to talk about your life, you know? Well, you certainly probed me in the right places, Paolo. (laughs) Thank you so much. Okay, I'm going to quickly play this one message from Craig. Hey, how you doing? I just dropped in. Not sure originally what the conversation was about, but uh, you really caught my attention. And um, so I don't even know if any of you are God-fearing, but I am. And I will pray for you. Pray for your strength. And God bless you. Thank you, Craig. That's so touching. Thank you so much. I honestly think, was it, before we go, I just want to say, I honestly think... Whoever's been listening to this throughout the whole uh, the whole live, I honestly believe you've actually uh, uh, like changed people's mindsets about this. You've actually made people aware of the situation. You know, I really, really hope so. As I said, it's the only thing I I feel I can do. Mhm, mhm. We have one from uh, Shalini. Thank you for this evening, you guys. I've really enjoyed listening in to you. Um, Miss Moneypenny, or Professor Moneypenny, as I should say, I hope things um, look up for you soon. I hope they find um, more out about long COVID um, as part of the group that you're in. And Paolo, thank you again for another fabulous tea time. Love you both. Thank you, love. Thank you. We have one from April. This was an amazing tea time. Thank you again for sharing, Money Penny, And thank you for educating me on long COVID. I had no idea that was a thing. I really appreciate your rawness, your vulnerability. And um, yeah, I just, I appreciate it a lot. And uh, thank you, Paolo, as well for this. Mwah, love you both. Thank you, April. Thank you, guys. I think I need to lie down now. I feel absolutely white, <laughs> but I, I feel much better for talking and sharing. So thank you, Carlo, so much for doing this. Before we go, I just want to let everyone know of the Tea Time schedule this week. So if you've enjoyed Tea Time, this is my regular podcast, shining a light on an individual's life, getting to know who they are, how they are today. My next guest will be tomorrow will be the kinkiest pup on stereo. It is Pup Nature. And my future co-host for the Canada Drag Race review shows that we'll be doing on stereo. 
will be happening on the 29th of April. She has been chiming in this whole night. It is all the way from Canada. Um, they are April Damaso, and we have a double whammy on Saturday. So first up will be the other half of Jace Williams um, from the Scottish Fry Up. It is Sleepy Jean. And then at 11 o'clock UK time, um, it is a trans advocate and a dear friend of mine. It is Finchie, guys. So please join me for tea time for future episodes this week and for future episodes in general and if you enjoyed the content guys give a, uh, give myself a follow give money penny a follow if you do have any questions about long covid if you have anything at all please do reach out to money penny i'm sure she'll be delighted and happy to share her knowledge with you and just uh, give you more awareness of um, long covid and also guys please do go to long um longcovid.org for more information of um, the situation of what Moneypenny is experiencing and yeah is there anything else do you want to say Moneypenny before we leave no I just do feel free to come and ask me a question via Instagram or via any of my social media that is linked to the profile thank you for listening it really means a hell of a lot to me your time's precious and I've taken some of that time and I just hope that you've learned something from this that will take away and hopefully help somebody somewhere at some time. Yes. <laughs> Guys, give it up for Money Penny once again. Arriba. Yes. <laughs> And guys, have a great morning, have a great afternoon, have a great evening wherever you are in the world. And guess what? Stay spicy. Love you, Money Penny. I'll catch you Thank another you, time, darling. darling. Love you and Thank have a good you, rest, my love. Take care. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.